0: Hello, internet, and welcome to another scintillating tale on Never Stay Dead. I, Matthew Dergisham, here with my co-host... Damien Kilby. We're doing a bit of a sloppy cast today because I have been able to do a proper you, cast... You have been and dead, death,
1: and now you're back.
0: Yes, uh, we're resurrecting <laughs> the podcast... Uh, we had some house damage, some water damage that led to asbestos removal, and I wasn't in my house for months. It felt like I think and it really, was yeah, yeah. And so we haven't been able to do anything, and here we are
1: doing something now. So, and and you had some boxes of comics that you'd in, sort of inherited from your father-in-law, which I thought were in your basement. Did those get damaged? Yes.
0: Um, yes, but the, the extent of the damage is that some of the tops of the boxes got some water damage and none of
1: the comics Uh or even the bags were harmed. So this is a great advertisement for bagging and boarding your books.
0: I mean, or at least shoving them in a box (laughs) because that's all it was. But they were bagged, right? They, they were. And so, I mean... The truth is, like, the box caught it, so we were good. There was only a few nasty water drops, so we're really going to have to replace the boxes. But as far as uh, things could go to your comics collection, uh, replacing boxes is not the
1: worst. Now, listeners to our podcast haven't seen it, but they can go to your channel and see where you did kind of a random unboxing of those comics.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure it's great viewing. But it's there. In
1: retrospect.
0: <laughs> so that it I can there.
1: talk about it and ask you, um, have you had a chance to read any of your father-in-law's comics since then? Since then?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, we've only been back in the house a short while, though, and I've read very few comics. I only just caught up on my pulls, and I only today caught up on ninja turtles and spider-man so which is key for you so that's really yeah those are my if i'm not caught up on those i'm not caught up on anything except i read everything else first because i wanted to save
1: those this time but it's a different pile than normal i have to confess without having as much contact with you i completely lose touch of what's going on with ninja turtles (laughs) Are they currently doing like a mini series plus a regular series the way they used to be?
0: They they've been doing that. They've actually um, called off the secondary series as much, or, but there is one running. It's called Shredder in Hell. It's just been coming out more slowly than normal, but it's excellent. Oh, really, or maybe the I should look for that. Two issues I've read so far, I believe there might be a third one. I haven't been to the
1: shop in a little while either so and who right who's writing them now or who's writing um, shredder, and Hell
0: to start with? Uh, shredder and you Hell, remember? i couldn't tell you off the top of my head but uh the turtles proper is still a mix of
1: uh um eastman and tom waltz, tom waltz and occasionally sorry. someone okay. else so they cut kind of, do you yeah. think they co-write or do they take turns i,
0: I feel like it's more of a writer's uh-huh. room okay sort of vibe uh, especially because in the latest issue they did an oral history of their run that's written down so it's on oral right. history at all so well, a but, recording of
1: an oral history i guess
0: yeah, that's Transcriptor. transcribed Transcriptor. i don't yeah jeez. <laughs> so far away from oral uh the way that they were talking about it, it sounded like a loose collaborative process where different ideas would kind of get thrown around And it was interesting hearing mostly Tom Waltz's comments because they lined up with how I was perceiving the series. Like, he said they only really started doing their own thing after a year of comics, that they're really just kind of amalgamizing uh, what had come before in their comic first. And when they finally got the reins to really go off, they really did some fascinating things with the ideas. And hearing about all that, I don't know, I just... I, it's it's been such an interesting series because it's not in a position to do what you do with Marvel or DC with that much history right but there's, there's still multiple yeah and the way that they've taken it all and blended it and taken stuff that was really directed at really young kids to taking the dark and gritty stuff that was made for the edgy 80s Crowd. guys <laughs> and and merging all all that together into a much more modern se- kind of sensibility for a comic has been I still think it's the best comic
1: on the shelves month in, month out. Now, so well, I am intimidated by it because I always feel like, well, I have to go back and read everything. Do you think there's some good jumping yeah. on points in the past?
0: Yeah, issue one. No, you really, That's I the really problem. do
1: you think you kind of have to, Yeah, no, and it there's is now a, a lot of stuff around. since that issue one of the current
0: right and they're they're rounding to issue 100 now but there's much more than 100 issues because all those b books or at least most the b books play an important role as well so you're looking at easily like 150 issues that's it it'd be really hard to get into now but it's worth it Uh. it's worth every (laughs) page except for a few that were rendered by artists that were less than stellar So maybe what I need to
1: do is um, digitally binge them at some point.
0: I mean, if you want to, at this point, I could, I can't hold anyone for not going, like in a weird way, I'm like, it's like trying to approach Cerebus or something, right? Like it's all relatively important, but at the same time, you can kind of pick up a phone book of Cerebus and it more or less should be
1: its own thing,
0: except for church and state, right? Because that was two of the phone books.
1: Yeah, I think, well, it's been a long time since I've really read a lot of Cerebus. But I think if you dive in there, you can mostly pick up what's going on. But they don't introduce characters when they show back up with a whole lot of explanation. Anyway, that's that's going into the weeds. Well, because I used to have the ambition that I would catch up with the turtles, probably because back during that period where I did read them, they were probably just in the 40s or something by then, and now it's now it's even more intimidating.
0: Yeah, definitely. And oh man, I I'll I'll recommend it to anyone, and I've recommended it in the past, but uh, it's harder to recommend now because how do you dive in on something that large? Yeah. It becomes the problem that most comic books have, you know. After a while, where do you jump in? Where do you read? How do you suss it out?
1: Really. Right, although there there are ways of writing comics that are more um, episodic, so that while the long term reader can see the the long term arc of the characters, there's clear story breaks where people can jump in and out. Sure, And I jumped in on uh, Savage Dragon, which has been going on forever, and I have an occasional glitch where I feel like I should know more about a character, but overall, I I seem to do okay with that one.
0: Yeah, that and uh, Spawn have been having a resurgence, I was reading. Oh, really? I I haven't been been reading Spawn. I I
1: read Spawn briefly when Eric Larson was involved with it, but... um, that's funny. So you're just a big Larson fan. So you're going to be coming back yes. to Spider-Man. Is he coming back? Is he coming back to Spider-Man just for one issue, or is he uh, really coming back?
0: I have a feeling it's for yeah. He's doing like a fill-in right. issue or something, I believe. But he's
1: doing it. No, uh, he's drawing it probably. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I I like his art, be doing but I'm not super issue.
1: excited about his art on Spider-Man per se. I don't know. Huh? Really? Because I like the Kirby aspect of his art in a sense. He's very Kirby-esque in Savage Dragon. I see. I find. Okay. You know, with the kind of balloon-like muscles <laughs> and, and the characters sort of leaping off the page at you. And the other balloons? <laughs> Edelie, right. Um, well, my daughter's in the room, so, yes, the other right, balloons. Right, right. Uh, she, she can't hear you, but she can hear me. Um, I know. I, hey, <laughs> I phrased it the way I did. But, uh, Anyway, I've been that's one of the surprise books to me of my of the past year of comic book reading that I still with Savage Dragon. I was sure I was going to drop it after a few issues, but I could just stick with it.
0: Yeah, it's one that I want to read, but I started reading from the beginning and got to a point that I just
1: dropped off. It's just it's a mountain to yeah, climb and,
0: and it's not the I easiest. I don't know if I
1: like the earlier. I mean, I try I've tried Savage Dragon several times over the decades. <laughs> And this is the first time it really stuck with me. So I wonder if I like it. I like what he's doing now better than what he was doing way back when.
0: Well, he's been at it long mm-hmm. enough. He hope he got better, right? Right. Uh, as far as I know,
1: and he's now the only one who has a chance of beating Dave Sims' record of sticking with. It.
0: Well, Spawn. Because
1: well, yeah. Spawn Spawn's has not been the single r- person.
0: Yeah. Spawn's boasting 301 but um, I don't think it's earned.
1: Right. And McFarlane hasn't been the writer or artist on all 300 issues.
0: Well, I, I don't, at this point, I don't think he's been a principal creator on a majority
1: of the issues. Right. Maybe I'm right. wrong. Whereas but Larson I, I, has, I, like Dave Sims, yeah. been the, the main person the whole time.
0: Yeah, I thought he did a few issues where he let other artists kind of come in, but that was to, like, fit something in the story. That may be. I
1: haven't seen those. But I'm sure he was still the writer.
0: Right. And I I believe he was having those artists do certain things for a bit. Maybe maybe I'm mixing it up.
1: Yeah, I don't know the whole history of Savage Dragon at all.
0: I sure don't. Um, Who does? There's a podcast. Who's doing the Savage Dragon
1: podcast? I'm told he's a really nice guy by someone who knows him personally. But anyway, that's also beside the point. The other thing that makes me think of you is that I've been reading, which to you is minuscule amounts of Spider-Man, but two currently monthly Spider-Man series, both of which are of limited run, though. Uh, And there's so many, uh, you're going to have to name them. Symbiote Spider-Man and Spider-Man Life Story. And I've been enjoying both of those. uh, uh, Spider-Man, different ways for each one. Sure. They're very different books, except for being the same character
0: <laughs> and both going to the past. Right. Well, yeah, they're both kind yeah. of
1: and maybe that's why I'm reading them. They both play on nostalgia in one way or another.
0: Um. So I'm more curious, actually, about Symbiote Spider-Man because I'm actually surprised you like that because you're not a big Peter David fan. And that is maybe I'm a, l- I'm a little Peter
1: David fan. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I always have liked Peter David, but I don't follow his work, if that makes sense. I don't go to any effort to follow his work normally.
0: When he comes up, you enjoy the issue. Right. And well, when so I was looking through
1: previews, I saw Peter David is doing a new Spider-Man series. That would be a good Spider-Man for me to read. I know he also did. I think when they revived Spider-Man 2099 and I was almost tempted at that point, but I was very shying away from Marvel at that point also. And, and yeah, did he also do Scarlet Spider uh, quite recently? He did in which the slingers came back for oh, a while. So I was elated. <laughs> no, yeah. we'll have to, what, which episode of untold tales can they learn all about the slingers and your love for that? Cause our, our listeners who aren't <laughs> listening to your other podcast might not.
0: I will have to look at it. Well, anyway,
1: there was a Uh, podcast that that Matt and his partner um, Kane did. That was really great. That was an interview with the creators of The Slingers. Um, It was amazing you could dig them up even after all this time. Episode 23
0: and 24. So we reviewed the books, of which wasn't fair to Kane because there's no way I'm fairly reviewing Slingers it's a favorite for my childhood forever and then I got the two principal creators on an interview and talked through it and I learned things about the book that I'm relatively sure had never been said publicly so if you care about Slingers from the 90s and so then we'll those see. Slingers
1: appeared in Scarlet Spider or 2090 Spider-Man 2099
0: in Scarlet Spider, um, they've also had random appearances throughout Marvel, but not together for the longest time, with the exception of one frame in uh, Gravity, number one. Um, I haven't even heard of Gravity. Oh, <laughs> uh, Gravity is a great miniseries by Ted McKeever, oh, really? I believe that's how you say it, that uh, was trying to do a new teen superhero hitting all the... Uh, benchmarks and standard stuff but having a good time with it it's a fun little read it's like six issues if memory serves this
1: from the early 2000s yes when i was paying very little attention yeah it, it really went under
0: under noticed um gravity has since been on a couple team books i think and good addition to the marvel universe but also kind of i think the problem was is he was another white male kid with kind of a standard set of superpowers at a point where nobody really wanted another one of those. <laughs> he, he needed some diversity to stand out a little and uh he just didn't
1: well and marvel and dc but especially marvel just always throw so much up against the wall and so little bit actually sticks there can I'm be sure. all kinds of reasons so to go back, so I saw that Peter David was writing a miniseries on Spider-Man. I saw that Mysterio was the villain. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: We have done a extensive series of videos on Mysterio back in our deep, dark past. Um, so he's become <laughs> a favorite Spider-Man villain. And so I thought, oh, that'll be cool. And um, when the first issue came out, I was like, eh, I don't know if I like this. And a lot of that problem was the um, Greg Land art, even though the art was actually better than I expected from Greg, Greg Land. Um, mm-hmm. But as it's gone along, I've kind of made my peace with the art and I'm really enjoying what is at, the, at on one side kind of a light script, but also it mm-hmm. feels like he's working up to doing something interesting about what was going on with Spider-Man and the, and the symbiote because Last, last we heard, someone's going to, has got a piece of the symbiote uh, suit and is going to experiment on it. I don't know if that's part of the old canon or something new that Peter David's adding.
0: How do I say this? At the time, that wasn't canon. And also the idea of Spider-Man swinging out in the suit and doing things un- unbeknownst to himself. Oh, right,
1: right. The suit, when Spider-Man is unconscious, uh, does some very violent things.
0: Right. And these are both things that have happened in the pages of Spider-Man multiple times before, but not in this time period. And they're these are both things that happened for the most part in books that are most largely forgotten. Uh-huh. So I feel like Peter David's really trying to get away with something here. <laughs> so this he's just feels he's, like he's the recycling thing.
1: stuff. So I, being unaware of that, think, oh, Peter David's very, very clever.
0: Well, and so the, you really wouldn't be aware of it unless you've gotten to some of these deep cuts on Spider Man. Because I'm trying to think, the the latest other time I could think of them playing on the uh, Spider Suit doing things when Peter's unaware during this period was an annual by the guy who's doing um, the Miles Spider Man book currently uh, Ahmed. before he took over. Yeah. And that was done earlier this year, I believe. Right. So that's not so long ago. or
1: late last year,
0: but yeah, it was this uh, annual that about no one read
1: relatively and same idea. Right. And for those who don't know, I have not read a lot of Spider-Man since about 1985. So <laughs> I'm easily taken in by the, by uh, reading a Spider-Man here or there and thinking it's, it's an original plot. Well, and I don't want
0: to be too harsh on it. Cause I mean, how much rehash is there in your Superman, Batman, spider mans right. right? But in this case, it feels with the light script, the Greg Land art, everything, it's it's funny to me that you're digging this up.
1: You know, you expect a miniseries to do something different, right? What why does the miniseries exist except to do something special? In theory, mm-hmm. anyway. Um
0: well, especially with a character that has other miniseries going currently, um, multiple monthly books, a team-up book right. with other or I actually think Spider-Man Deadpool ended, and it's just generally around that much. You'd expect a mini series to have, yeah, a certain weight right. to it.
1: I feel like in a way Spider-Man's having a—I mean, he's always been very popular, but maybe a an extra boost of popularity right now. Um, Definitely, it seems like the lu- the lust for Deadpool and for Wolverine have both kind of ebbed, and Spider-Man's moved back into that position of maybe the the person that the fans are buying the most comics of in the endless kind of spin-off way that those other characters have often
0: had. Right. And I'm kind of wondering too, I, I should look, I'm curious how the miles book is doing. Cause I feel like this would be the time that miles would be shining.
1: And I feel like I saw some announcement about someone's going to do something with miles and the ultimate universe, but it just flashed by huh. me and I didn't pay close attention. I forget where I saw that.
0: Yeah, well, since they blew that up, I'd be curious. I guess that would be a flashback. It might
1: have been that I was flipping through Previews magazine um, before I put it in the recycling. <laughs> I would love to save all the Previews magazines, but I mean, even even I, as many comics as I <laughs> hoard, those take up so much space.
0: So I've been seeing on YouTube and whatnot that you've been buying an inordinate amount of comics. (laughs) Yes.
1: I have, I don't really plan things out very carefully, but I have had a lot of weeks where I get 13, 14 new books. And then I also buy back issues.
0: (laughs) Have you been reading and enjoying any of them? Yeah. Well, like
1: both the Spider-Man books I'm getting. um, Sure. So I'm, uh, I think we've kind of chatted that maybe we, we can see how it ends if we want to talk about Spider-Man life story at some point as a whole. But I, that, that, I, that I'm enjoying it a lot more than Symbiote Spider-Man. Um, for some reason, it's, it's connecting with me emotionally. Um, maybe the aging of the character helps, even though it's a very odd book where because they, they just give you these thin slices of time.
0: Right, so people who haven't read it, uh, what is it, Spider-Man Through the Ages? Spider-Man Life Story. Life Story. Each issue, it covers, like, takes a moment out of a decade. Right, maybe
1: a week and... from that decade. So first issue was the 60s, right. then the 70s, then the 80s, and we just had the 90s.
0: And while I appreciate that it's letting us kind of fill some gaps and whatnot, uh, letting us be, you know, trusting the reader to make some intelligent leaps. right. It's still it's the problem that I have with it overall is just that it it doesn't really focus on Peter as much as I'd like. Uh, There there's a whole bit in the first issue with Cap dealing with Vietnam, and that felt like a third of the issue. And I was like, that has some serious ramifications, and they just kind of leave it there for a while, and then pay lip service to it the next issue. And I'm like, that could be a mini series itself. And then a disenfranchised Mr. Fantastic. That could be a whole thing. And I'm like, there's all these great ideas of like merging Marvel comics to like some of the more poignant points of history and dealing with actually aging characters because I feel like that's a big
1: component. And It has a bit of a feel of a um, to me a Kurt Busiak comic, both Mm. both Marvels, you know, that Thing that was showing Marvel through the ages, through the eyes of the photographer. Mm
0: -hmm. And then Eye of the Camera, the sequel.
1: I haven't read Eye of the Camera. Is that by Busiak also? It is, though the art isn't Ross. Probably probably also came out at some point when I wasn't paying attention to Marvel. And then I love Busiak's Astro City, which I think builds upon what he started in Marvel's, really, as looking at superheroes from all these different angles and um, and some of the angles that he'll take is you know what has the whole of the superhero's life kind of added up to over time so i do think you're right about that weakness the captain america thing in particular was very distracting and and in ultimately not uh, ultimately leading us in the wrong direction of what is this story about it's almost as if sadarsky hadn't found his footing that well in the first issue
0: yeah, well, my opinions of Zdarsky are kind of lesser than most people's. Though he, there, his last issue on Spectacular is an issue I think everyone should go by. It's one of those heartfelt It's the one he drew Spider himself, is it? Yes. It's worth the read. It's its own deal. It's, so you can read it it's by It's a good itself. single issue.
1: Okay, that's cool. Yep. That? Well, I, in my experience with Zdarsky, is, he's very inconsistent. And mm-hmm. so like in marvel two in one i felt like about half of those issues really hit the mark and the other half flailed about
0: so too then the other one (laughs) i i want to go back a little bit to say like you're talking about astro city i think one of the bigger crimes as far as printing goes in comics is that astro city is relatively hard to find and that some of those uh trades are collector's
1: items due to their rarity and Is that that maybe due to Astro City moving around from publisher to publisher? Maybe I don't know, but yeah, they should all be in print. I mean, they are some of the best. But like,
0: Strangers in Paradise, you can find, and that uh, that went between three publishers, four. But Strangers in
1: Paradise is now self-published by. Are you saying? Are you talking about back issues or Mm -hmm. about finding trades? Trades. So, um, Terry Moore can keep the trades in print because he is the publisher at this stage. Fair. And uh, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't think Kurt Busiek is that aggressive about Astro City or he'd be at Image instead of at, at DC. But
0: Yeah, no, I actually confronted him once on Twitter about it. He was kind of like,
1: yeah, well, this
0: is what it is. <laughs> it's like, fair enough. But still, you should fight a little for yeah. it, man.
1: But the, I mean, I've been buying hardbacks of all the recent ones I can get.
0: Well, and, and he just moved to doing a trade yeah. only.
1: I th- I have a bad feeling because of well, for those of us who've been paying attention, there's a lot of changes going on at DC, and it seems like there's going to be more. There's a lot of turmoil there because they got purchased by AT and T. That <laughs> I think I think things like Astro City may end up, you know, on the on the heap of history soon.
0: Yeah, well, with the Vertigo getting yeah, Vertigo's canned. gone or almost gone. It's, it's
1: officially been said to be right I guess they're wrapping up yeah but but you know like they DC introduced a bunch of children's imprints and they've already they're still doing lots of children's books but they've already ended those imprints almost before they started and now they're rebranding it to something else there's and the black label which is undefined I guess Astro City would go under black label now the way they've redefined things but whether we'll really see Astro City being published new original graphic novels under Black Label. I'm not holding my breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm uh, I'm really feeling like now that Marvel and DC are really getting hit by this corporate takeover stuff, right. uh, we'll see kind of a new age of comics arise where things maybe shift to other publishers when things like that can't happen at Marvel or DC anymore. Yeah. Things like yeah. Astro City and whatnot. Though we've kind of already seen that with Image coming up and dominating that side right. of the market. But you're right. We
1: may see a new wave of that um, because, well, it, there could well be like tighter controls on everything that will drive even more creators away from the big guys. Mm-hmm. It's it, it feels to me like it's really up in the air in terms of DC. What I, I have the sense of like these brand new executives who've never run comic book companies before trying to figure out what are we supposed to do with this comic book company. And they're changing their minds here and there, and they'll probably change them again.
0: Well, it's probably got to be hard, too, because if you're not a comic fan, trying to figure out what would work in comics has to be a...
1: Yeah, understanding the Baroque levels and ins and outs of the comic book world are probably hard. They probably think they are comic book fans, and they just don't know (laughs) what Batman can show his private parts. Ah! I know Batman and he doesn't have private parts. So I mean, the way he's drawn most of the time. <laughs> well, another comic that I'm still getting and I'm constantly on the edge of dropping is detective comics. Uh, really? written by Pete Tomasi. You did not read his first arc, which I did. I caught up. You did. Oh, you read the one where it all turned out. He was inside some virtual reality machine in his back game. Mm-hmm. And you didn't think that was awful.
0: I, I wasn't, as big of a fan of that one but the annual i enjoyed and the more recent
1: um the annual or the 1000 issue
0: well after the
1: 1000 there was an annual that just came out a week ago or so or two weeks ago right that was that was the best thing so far i think that he's done although i have enjoyed the gotham knight quite a bit more than his first one.
0: and i was going to say that the gotham knight has been a the best batman story i've read in years really so i yeah i don't i'm not
1: that excited about that
0: oh here's what the thing like that's white really knight. not saying much
1: i haven't enjoyed batman in years you mean you mean mainstream <laughs> so. batman i mean are you including batman white knight in that because that's pretty recent and you seem oh, to like that white knight no, is
0: yeah no i did really enjoy i i thought that was longer ago so Maybe I'm wrong, but okay. I thought it was
1: in the past year.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of the big, right. you well, know, you the monthly have... books. The Detectives, the Batman, the... Although, and I started reading uh, Batman The Outsiders, and that's... I haven't sampled that. That's Well, did you enjoy Detective before Tomasi took over?
1: I had dropped it. After Tinian left, I dropped it, so I did not read the Brian... Whatever his... Brian Hitch. The, the Brian yeah. guy who is now doing The Outsiders, Brian something brian hitch no no is it hitch no brian hitch is uh an artist
0: pretty
1: sure i re- i remember some people saying his brief time that brian fellow
0: oh hill
1: hunt brian hunt no brian hill brian hill
0: dexter soy artist
1: yeah i so that's been good is it two i issues mean in i read one? an
0: issue oh. it, it was it was all right i think it has potential it's framed a lot more like the um the, the cw superhero oh, shows okay.
1: well i was really liking batman damned which may or may not ever have a third issue and i was
0: no i mean i'm surprised it wouldn't have a third well, issue the I third issue has been like now
1: put off for it seems like 6 months the first two issues came out and mm. then no third issue And I think there was a lot of delays on the second issue because apparently they had to make a lot of changes after the top brass got upset about seeing Batman's uh, nudity.
0: What was the second issue? Just going to be him
1: in the nude fighting? I don't know. There was certainly (laughs) lots of swearing there. (laughs) They're not upset by uh, Batman and crew swearing a lot. But anyhow, so I... I find Detective, at best, just okay now, and it feels like Tomasi at his weakest. I
0: I really think like he was maybe struggling on building up to that momentous detective issue. issue. Right, and I can see that. It's a big problem. And I've enjoyed everything he's done with it since, so I'm willing to keep reading. Did you
1: read the finale of the, of the Arkham Knight series 1005? this one no i haven't gotten that one yet so i would like to hear your opinion on that when you get to it
0: well soon i haven't been to the comic shop in a couple weeks like i said so it's coming you you have
1: this odd idea that you should get the asbestos out of your house and take care of your baby rather than go to the comic book store
0: i still here's the sad part i didn't go last week because um the last time i did go into the comic shop my my shop owner special ordered me a copy of Hookie. Which is a Spider-Man special that I was reading for the Spider-Man podcast, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and so I didn't get to finish it because it's like a it's like a ninety-ish page thing. It's its own little graphic oh, okay. novel. And he said, "You know, have you finished it yet?" And I was like, "I'm in the middle of it. I've finished it." And he gave me so much crap, and I didn't have any time to finish it before just earlier today. So I was afraid to go back to the shop until I finished it. <laughs> the pressure so much pressure you have no idea
1: well for me it's been an interesting i don't know three or four months in the sense that for a while i was getting no marvel and now i'm getting those two spider-man books i jumped on uh immortal hulk and i'm kind of in love with that that does sound more like your kind of thing i'm it's a bit it's a bit vertigo-ish in the old kind of vertigo takes a when Vertigo would take a DC hero and do something different with them. And this is taking the Hulk and really pressing heavily on the Hulk as a horror comic. I think that's a good angle. And uh, it's really worked well. And, and uh, as an old comic book fan, I really appreciate that they somehow make exciting stories while folding in the entire history of the Hulks. Incredibly long. Span as a character, so we get callbacks to uh, what's he called the Gray Hulk that was Joe something. Oh, fix Joe, it. fix it. We get callbacks to Doc Samson and um, and uh, different kind of creatures that that he's that the Hawks met over the years. So sure, it, and that's a very hard. Most writers seem to only way they can handle things is throw everything out and, and try not to deal with the past too much to write good stories. Or if they try to deal with the past too much, the stories get bogged down, but the immortal Hulk remains very light on its feet. Okay. So are we talking about um, JJ Abrams, Spider-Man not excited about that. I'm not excited. Is it? Is it a mini-series? Have they announced what it's going to be?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a mini-series, and like you said, it really sounds like uh, J.J. Abrams will be plotting a little bit with his son, then his son will actually be scripting it,
1: and we'll see how that goes. How old is his son, do they ever say? Is he a a true grown-up, or is it like, my teenage son gets to write a comic? Yeah, it looks like his teenage son gets to do that. I mean, there can be exceptions to the rule, but generally... I don't want to read teenagers' writing.
0: <laughs> I, you know, it's less that he's a teenager for me, more like he happens to have a famous dad, so he's getting this incredible well, opportunity yeah, the that people though. would. Uh, it just, well, it's not even just the unfairness. It's just like, you know, why, <laughs>
1: <laughs> why, why should I care? Why? why well, am because I Marvel this? is gambling; it will sell comics. That's pretty much it. And maybe this is a favor to J.J. Abrams that will make him happy and do more Star Wars movies or do more whatever movies Disney wants him to do. Mm. And that's really, you you know, building up a cynical idea about it, but it's possible. So um, so is there like is there a standout Spider-Man series or just you're enjoying a bunch of them and then some of them you're not enjoying?
0: I mean, I, I'm enjoying most. Um, amazing really took a downturn for me recently. Uh, spectacular's been, or not Spectacular, Friendly Neighborhood's been all right. Um, friendly Neighborhood Tom
1: Taylor writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's a, usually a solid yes.
0: writer. I enjoy, I enjoy the Miles book. Okay. That's
1: been good. Saladim Ahmed or something like that is that a writer's mm-hmm. name? Yeah, I've only read his Black Vault, which I enjoyed. Well, so, and between Turtles and Spider-Man, do you have time for any other? And you're reading Batman Detective Comics, which may or may not have. Yeah,
0: so Detective, Batman, The Outsiders. I get Wonder Woman. What else do I get? I get Hot Shots, which is the domino book, which is also Deadpool the way I like him in a book. And I I mean, I've been reading, but I've been trying to I've actually been finding more joy and maybe thinking about trying to call down my list, though, pretty much have it called down to a happy point. Right. And reading more older stuff, because even if I wouldn't have liked it as much, I enjoy reading it as a unit in a trade Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Much more.
1: Well, and and maybe that's what you should think about some of this overkill on Spider-Man coming out right now that. Half of it you can just read in trades later if you hear it's worth reading or
0: something. I could, but we're covering stuff Oh you're covering newer stuff now
1: in Untold?
0: Well it's a it's for the Patreon. It's oh I see the well. stuff that I don't, don't see. Yeah, I, I don't know. i I've kind of reached a point where it's less for those books it's less the trade or not. It's more just some of these books I genuinely just don't enjoy and it should probably just put down. I'm trying to think, like, Paper Girls is almost over, right? Yeah, one
1: more issue, I believe. The, the penultimate mm-hmm. issue just came out. I, I'm i enjoying it, but I also feel like I have to go back and reread it to figure out all the ins and outs of the time travel now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a book that will do better in a reread, potentially. Though I'm I'm glad it's over, though I'm curious to see, because then um, we don't
1: have a... Uh... The Brian K. Vaughn book. Yeah. You no know, Brian And, well, I'm also, because I love Cliff Chang's art, I I hope he goes on to do something interesting um, after Paper Girls.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been following him regularly since he was doing Wonder Woman, which I guess was the last book he did before this. But, I mean, I have both of but those I... runs in their entirety. So that's a lot of his work. Yeah, I just
1: got the Wonder Woman omnibus, I think. Yeah. So I double-dipped on that.
0: Okay, That's a book that is worth a reread, I feel. That's a great Wonder Woman run, but I feel like you really need to read the entirety of it because I know there's Right, it
1: really is all one story. It's about 38 issues. Not as bad as The Turtles, but um, in terms of playing. Right.
0: But, I mean, it's one big, epic story Mm -hmm. which fits Wonder Woman so well that she so rarely gets that kind of a treatment.
1: Well, I think... Brian, Azarella was, was felt free to muck around with Wonder Woman in ways that everyone else feels inhibited about. That's fair. I, They could really do so much better with Wonder Woman if
0: they just uh, let the creators not be so bogged down by the history, but yeah. just tell these epic stories using the Pantheon instead of trying to use the cheetah 50 million different Very ways. Yeah, true.
1: And I think, well, I think the, that Azarella run made a very wise choice of not even dealing with wonder woman as a superhero, just dealing with all kinds really? of other aspects of who wonder woman is and where she comes from. It, right. it really wasn't about super, super, super heroics.
0: And it didn't really deal with her as a feminist icon. True, either. It
1: didn't. It dealt with her as a, an inhabitant of a world of mythology. And also had come, in a little bit like the immortal Hulk took a bit of a horror angle of all that lot of horror horrific stuff that goes on in greek mythology
0: yeah i kind of wonder if that is just playing greek mythology with actual
1: images or if that really is a horror bend well i think like the very first issue starts with some kind of creature some kind of god traveling by coming up through someone's body or something and to Mm -hmm. me that i'd have to go back and look at it some some character comes out of the body of a horse that's what it was So that kind of set the tone for me of this kind of slightly disturbing mythological world.
0: You know, I remember at the time I had to be talked back onto the book. So many people are saying, (laughs) this isn't Wonder Woman. This is a, a, but it's a good book. It's a good book. It may not be the most Wonder Woman of them, but
1: well, in my opinion, it's the best book in terms of the 38 issue story of the new 52. And there might've been individual issues that that were great in the new 52 also, but, I don't think anyone else had such a good run in the new 52 as Brian Azarella did with Wonder Woman and Cliff Chang.
0: Yeah. If, mem- if memory serves, the only ones that would be up for contention that I've heard people talk about would be um, Batman and
1: Robin. Yes. That would come in second for me. I vampire.
0: Yeah,
1: I vampire would be maybe number five or six for me, but yeah. Yeah, it was a favorite for a yeah. lot of people. There, I, I liked it. I so. liked it, but I didn't think it was quite as great as some people
0: did. No, I, I think the Wonder Woman run is about the only thing I'd reach back to the new 52 for, yeah. which considering how much of the new 52 I own is a depressing <laughs> statement. I got every, I got both of those year-long Batman books, every issue. The, and, Batman Forever and what was the other one? Anyway, yeah. Eternal. Batman Eternal, yeah. yeah. So did I, and now that's a box that I feel like I can right. get
1: rid of. And I don't think anyone wants it, so I feel like I just have to take it to the thrift store or something. There you I mean, go. And I don't even want it. I feel like I would be cursing a friend if I gave that to him. You know, fifty-two issues leading to nothing, in a sense.
0: Who was it after all that? Who was the bad guy? I
1: don't even remember.
0: Well, because I the bigger part was, was they it had Ty it Ogle, built oh, up yeah? to. Something like, It sounds right. I thought they were building up to it being Calendar Man or something. Then someone figured it out online with a million people guessing. Someone had right. to guess, right? Yeah. And they changed it. They changed the ending because someone guessed it. What a dumb thing to do. If no one can guess your mystery after 50 issues or whatever they were at Then that you point, probably haven't done it right. Yeah, you wrote right, it poorly. Gotta they clues. should be able to guess it. Yeah. Which might be part of the problem with trying to do Batman detective, like true detective stories right. in the serialized format where you break it up over six months at least every time. It's like people are going to be guessing because they gotta and they're going to. So can, does the format really support that
1: idea? I guess with the Internet and stuff that makes it harder because... If, in the old days, if someone guessed what was going on, it's not like they were going to tell everybody. They might tell one or two people. Everybody guesses
0: for every book now. There was uh, the Spider-Man Hunted event happened. There's all this uh, conjecture and guessing about what was going to happen, and you know, I, some people got close, and some people
1: were pretty far off the mark. Yeah, oh, well, with Batman Damned, I was trying to guess what was going on, and I don't know if I'll ever find out. <laughs> But uh, I am also, actually, the other Batman I'm enjoying, much to my surprise, is Batman Last Night on Earth, which is just three oversized issues. And the only the first oh, issue right. has come out uh, by Snyder and Capullo. And I've stopped reading Snyder for a long time, but I just thought I'd jump on it. And it's it's the wacky Snyder, but it works because this is post-apocalyptic. So it's like Batman meets Mad Max. And maybe also meets the image comic Headlopper.
0: <laughs> I want to read that book, but I can definitely wait for a yeah. trade on that one. It's beautiful
1: art, which makes it kind of a shame that it's in this prestige format where you can't spread it open. Hopefully there'll be an oversized hardback of it someday, because I think Capullo is taking more time to do it. So it's it's really kind of, at least judging by this first issue, Capullo you know, firing on all, all cylinders. I wonder what he's going to go
0: to next.
1: That's a good question. I mean, he is one of the biggest stars in the co- superhero comics right now. So you would think he can do anything he wants. He did that Reborn
0: book, which I guess is due for a sequel, because it didn't really end. That's true.
1: I The art in that was nice, but it, it seemed like kind of a waste of his talents. because it was just sort That's of a fair. so-so fantasy story. Right. But I think, you know... Artists now do books with Mark Millar, which is, or Miller, however you pronounce it, uh, Mm -hmm. because they get the Hollywood money out of it. So hopefully Capullo got a lot of money from that and can just do what he wants. (laughs) Although I have a feeling since he's still doing Batman, he's still interested in the money.
0: I'm sure, but I'd love for him to do anything else.
1: I'd love to see him teamed up with some other writer than Snyder, too. And then Mark Millar. Nobody...
0: I don't want to see anything with Mark Millar. <laughs> feels like a waste anymore. Yeah. Well, he produced, in my mind,
1: he produces okay comics with superstar artists.
0: I think that's part of the problem is if those artists weren't on those books, would they be half as good as they are? Yeah, no, it's the, the artist really
1: good. is carrying the weight in most of those books. I've been liking a lot of indie books that kind of come and go pretty quickly. Like I, uh, this thing called Gunning for the Hits just ended. It was five issues or six issues. Oh, cool yeah six issues and it was about the music industry in the 1980s (laughs) late 80s when everybody was switching to cds the person writing it uh worked in the industry at the time but he he makes his character a ex um uh mercenary or something who uses his gun every once in a while to persuade people Uh, that was a a very fun read and I'm really liking a lot of Ahoy comics. I don't know if you've touched those at all. I'll they do um, short series, which they then plan to come back to. So you may have heard they did one that was kind of a, a take on Batman called Wrong Earth. That was really good. Um, they, they had one that was kind of like anthropomorphic cats meet Star Trek, which, as bad as that sounds, was quite good. It was called Captain Ginger. And, um, and this one I'm holding up is called Bronze Age Boogie. And it's currently, it's on issue three right now. And it takes takeoffs on things from the 70s. And you time travel between the between 1975 AD and 1975 BC and the bronze, the actual Bronze Age. And we've got okay. Kung Fu people and black exploitation um, women fighter, you know, kind of like uh, what was the famous black exploitation actress but anyway um and and then bronze age warriors and invading martians who are both invaded earth during the bronze age and now are invading it during the 70s the bronze age of comics and i believe the martians are also keyed into a uh, 1970s marvels bronze age series called war of the worlds that starred kill raven you might who may or may not have stumbled across right. that character. And those Martians were supposedly based on um, H.G. Wells' Martians, but they came back after they conquered the common cold and conquered Earth and made humans fight as gladiators. And so we've got Martians making humans fight as gladiators in this Bronze Age boogie. But right. so, anyway, Ahoy Comics is, is one of the exciting new publishers for me. And then I still get a lot that of sounds answers, great. Some of which are really great. Some of which are not. And uh, did you hear about uh, Peter Cannon Thunderball? This miniseries that Kieran Gillen did. No. That was billed as and exactly was a a a sequel to um, Watchmen. Oh. And deal and it it I I don't even know how to describe it entirely, but there's. Because Peter Cannon Thunderbolt is the character that Osmandius was based on. All right. And so in this world, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt discovers someone has created fake aliens and created a crisis on Earth that's bringing the countries together. And he eventually discovers it's a Peter Cannon from another dimension who's been going around and doing this in every dimension. Um, So... The Osmandius-like character, um, at least in one dimension, has become like Osmandius in The Watchmen, and then he's battled by this other um, version of himself. And it, but the oh. the story kind of breaks down right at the end, where um, our Peter Cannon, the good Peter Cannon, becomes kind of the mouthpiece for Kieran Gillen, almost directly, and talks about not wanting to do um, deconstructive deconstructivist stories anymore and how we have to move past that instead of repeating ourselves over and over again with deconstruction uh, in a story where the Osmanius character has been repeating his scheme over and over in every universe and has become more and more evil as he's done it and our hero Peter Cannon discovers he can travel through universes by creating nine panel grids and just traveling through them and then he uses a nine panel grid to... Uh, to destroy the evil Peter Cannon, so it's really kind of bizarre.
0: That is, surreal, and it's a, a deconstructed
1: comic that ends with saying we've got to stop doing deconstructed comics.
0: It Sounds better
1: than Doomsday Clock. <laughs> it's taking the opposite. I mean, Doomsday Clock. You might. I don't, I don't read Doomsday Clock, but you might say Doomsday Clock is trying to reconstruct the Watchmen as part of a regular, a regular universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, whenever it finishes.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, is Have there been a, any other highlights lately? One or? of the biggest highlights,
1: which I think a lot of other people, at least that I see on YouTube, are agreeing with me about is, um, or I'm agreeing with them, is uh, Ice Cream Man, which is a oh, yeah. um, kind of episodic horror book with this recurring Ice Cream Man character that causes horrific things to happen. And each issue kind of stands alone, but you're also slowly getting a thread of of this creature ice cream man that isn't human at all and has probably destroyed other universes previously. And perhaps there was even a hint in the last issue, um, perhaps has created our Earth from from a kind of arc from a previous earth in another universe. Although I'm not sure if I'm misunderstanding that. But most of the stories are um, Kind of surreal horror stories taking place in suburbia and that kind of thing. It's a very hard to describe comic, but it's uh, very satisfying. I don't know if I have a copy in front of me because I can't. the The artist is Morazzo, but I can't remember the name of the writer because um, I don't think he, I've seen anything else he's written.
0: Well, breakouts are good too. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I I even gave trades of that to my a horror horror loving brother in law of mine. And he said he liked it a lot, but of course, you never know when you give a gift, if they're being nice or not.
0: That sounds great, though.
1: Well, on to the future, right? We, will, we, are, we are not dead, or we are risen from the dead, and we never stay dead, and we will be back. We, we've discussed a number of ideas for shows. Um, maybe we shouldn't tease them because last time i teased shows that we haven't done yet <laughs> some of them are ones that we will do yeah no we're, we're
0: planning on it but this is to get something out and then uh, get back back on track
1: and it may be that our show evolves and we do a few more sh- shows like this we don't always have a focus on just one book but we can see what we feel like.
0: alrighty well thank you and let's uh sign off and look forward to the next
1: okay everyone come back when next we're not dead Woo-hoo.